regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you joined the program today. Hey, just a reminder, uh, you've got one day left to submit your public comment regarding the uh, ATF's proposed rules and the uh, redefining of things like... uh, Oh, frames, receivers, the the very definition of a firearm itself the uh, ATF wants to change. Not through a uh, vote in Congress. No, no, no. Just through a a simple regulatory fix. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one of two proposed rules that the Biden administration has unveiled, the other one uh, targeting pistols with stabilizing braces. Uh, We've talked about this quite a bit. I mean, I I truly believe that uh, Biden is setting up uh, an attempt to enact his gun ban uh, via executive action by declaring that AR-15s and other semi-automatic firearms are uh, readily converted to machine guns and therefore should fall under the auspices of the National Firearms Act. Uh, the owners of those tens of millions of uh, lawfully acquired firearms would then have to either register their guns with the government under the NFA, paying $200 per item to do so, uh, or they just kept their guns, uh, well, then they'd be facing federal felony charges and a potential 10-year prison sentence. You know, again, you've already got the Biden administration uh, uh, and gun control activists, frankly, who are trying to make this argument. Uh, uh, Brady using this argument in a civil lawsuit against uh, Smith & Wesson, saying that, uh, you know, because, uh, as they allege, uh, an AR-15 could be converted, they say readily converted, uh, into a machine gun, that it should be treated like a machine gun. Despite the fact that uh, federal law very clearly does not treat semi-automatic firearms like machine guns because they're not. One pull of the trigger expels one round of ammunition, and uh, that's not how machine guns work at all. But again, with the Biden administration attempting to redefine all of these terms, what you thought was a machine gun might soon actually encompass the most commonly sold rifle in America today. Meanwhile, while uh, Joe Biden continues with his uh, gun banning ways here at home, he's gifting the Taliban with all kinds of arms. Yeah, check out this headline from uh, Reuters here. As Taliban takes over, some swap iconic AK-47s for made-in-America rifles. Oh, here's the New York Post. White House says armed Taliban have U.S. weapons taken from Afghan forces. And here's a picture of a member of the Taliban himself with one of his shiny new American-made rifles that have uh, now, again, fallen into the hands of the Taliban because of the botched execution of the uh, pullout of U.S. forces thanks to the Biden administration. Yes, while Joe Biden is trying to ban guns here at home, he's giving them away to the Taliban in Afghanistan. How many? We don't really know. We'll figure that out at some point. Maybe. Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, saying yesterday, quote, we don't have a complete picture, obviously, of where every article of defense materials has gone, but certainly a fair amount of it's fallen into the hands of the Taliban. And obviously we don't have a sense that they are going to readily hand it over to us at the airport. Yeah. You you, you think, Jake? Really? You don't have a sense that they're going to hand it over at the airport? Well, that's good. I'm glad to see that uh, you all aren't complete and utter morons because I was starting to get that impression. But uh, now that you've said, well, we don't really have the sense that they're going to give us our guns back. All right. 99.9% moron. 
Maybe not 100%. This is, again, this is atrocious. And I got to tell you, you know, we talked on the program yesterday about the polling on Afghanistan. Now, there's been a sharp reversal in polling. As recently as a month ago, six weeks ago, the majority of Americans said, yeah, we got to leave Afghanistan. Now, uh, a plurality of Americans, I won't go so far as to say it's a clear majority, but a plurality of Americans saying, wait a second, okay, if we pull out and the Taliban takes over, I don't want to do that. Oh, man, it's a little late for that. Well, if we pull out and that allows al-Qaeda to reconstitute itself in Afghanistan, I, I, I know I'm not in favor of that. The, the polling on this has changed as Americans are starting to become aware of the consequences. And we talked about that again in terms of the gun control debate. How a lot of Americans are, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all in favor of uh, universal background checks because they're not thinking about what enforcement actually looks like. They're not thinking about the consequences of uh, what having that law on the books or banning AR-15s or, uh, you know, banning uh, uh, magazines over 10 rounds or establishing waiting periods. They don't think about the consequences, right? They, they are told these are common sense gun safety measures. If you care about people, you should really support these things. Well, I care about people. Oh, yeah, I, okay, sure, I'm in favor of this stuff. And then you start actually digging into the uh, dirty details, and all of a sudden, eh, these supposedly popular gun safety reforms aren't nearly as popular. Uh, we saw that again in uh, Nevada and in Maine in 2016 with the universal background check referendums. But here's the thing. I, I, I don't think that Joe Biden's going to change his mind. I think Joe Biden is going to continue to try to infringe on the right to keep and bear arms of the average American citizen. I think he's going to continue his backdoor gun banning ways, trying to uh, use the uh, power of the executive branch whenever he possibly can. Biden himself has, uh, has told us doesn't really matter if even his closest advisors say that uh, what he wants to do is unconstitutional. He is willing to roll the dice, take a gamble. What's the worst that can happen? Courts tell him no. Well, eh, you know, even if that happens, he's, he's, he's had a couple of months to try to implement his agenda. Now, if he's doing that with things like eviction moratoriums, why wouldn't he do that with something that is near and dear to his heart, like banning AR-15s? I just don't think that Biden has, first of all, I don't think that Biden ever really had the moral high ground in trying to ban guns. But trying to ban Americans from owning the most commonly sold rifle in America today while Biden is allowing actual, honest-to-God, military-grade weaponry to fall into the hands of the Taliban? I mean, I think, I think, listen, I think Biden's gun control agenda was always going to be reached legislatively. I mean, it's bottled up in Congress. So the only mechanism that he really has right now is to go it alone, or at least with his anti-gun allies, but to use the executive branch to try to advance his agenda. And that's going to mean that his Gun control attempts are squarely on him, just like the uh, botched pullout in Afghanistan is entirely on him. I know he's pointing fingers. It's Trump's fault. Uh, even uh, Jake Sullivan said, look, you know, it's not our fault that the uh, Taliban got a hold of all of these uh, U.S. made weapons. I mean, we, we gave them to the Afghan army and the uh, Afghan army, then, uh, you know, they, they just fell apart. So what were we supposed to do? Were we supposed to not give them equipment? Were we supposed to not give them weapons? Were we supposed to just, you know, let them fight it out on their own? And, well, that's kind of what you're doing, Jake. I mean, when you pull the air support 
when you pulled the intelligence, when you shut down Bagram Air Force Base, yeah, that kind of left them on their own. And the Biden administration apparently not willing to acknowledge their failures, too busy uh, pointing fingers again at everybody else. But this ultimately comes back on Joe Biden. There were steps that the Biden administration could have taken, A, to ensure that uh, we continue to provide that air support. We continue to provide the intelligence necessary for the Afghan army to put up half a fight. And, you know, again, 55,000 Afghans have died fighting the Taliban since 2015. That's not nothing. Uh, That's a, a fairly large number of casualties. So I'm not convinced that uh, the Afghans just never had the will to fight. Clearly, that wasn't the case over the last six years when tens of thousands of them were dying on the battlefield. What changed over the past few weeks is the desire by the Biden administration to provide any sort of help whatsoever. And in taking the position that the Biden administration took, they allowed these weapons. Not, not, not semi-automatic rifles, but actual battlefield weapons of war to fall into the hands of a nascent terror state. So the next time, I mean, look, th- this makes Fast and Furious, where the Obama-Biden administration sent a couple of thousand guns south of the border into the hands of the drug cartels, this makes Operation Fast and Furious, honestly, it looks like a, a, a kid's birthday party compared to the gun giveaway that the Biden administration has engaged in with the Taliban now. So I'll be honest with you, I I, <laughs> I don't expect that, um, I mean, Joe Biden can do what he wants in terms of his executive uh, authority, including overstepping that authority, right? So I don't know that this is going to um, embarrass Biden to the point that he says, well, you know, I can't really talk about banning guns when I've given guns to terrorists. I mean, I don't think he's going to be that self-aware. But you can rest assured that there are going to be millions of us, millions of gun owners, millions of Second Amendment advocates who will never be quiet about Biden's Taliban gun giveaway. And every time this administration takes a shot at our constitutionally protected right to keep and bear arms, we're going to remind them exactly who is arming the terrorists here. It's not American gun owners. Nope. It's the administration in Washington, D.C. right now. That is who is putting guns in the hands of the Taliban while they're trying to take guns from you and me. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed citizen story, our uh, good deed of the day. And our recidivist report will start there with a uh, story out of Atlanta, Georgia. An absolutely awful story. Uh, 27-year-old Demarcus Brinkley charged with murdering his uh, ex-girlfriend, who was apparently uh, abducted at gunpoint over the weekend. Uh, 27-year-old Miriam Abdulrab found shot to death hours after she was kidnapped from in front of her boyfriend's home. And police on Sunday charged 27-year-old Demarcus Brinkley with kidnapping, murder, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and possession of a firearm during a felony in connection with Abu Rab's death. Now, according to 
the uh, local news accounts. This 27-year-old was convicted back in 2012 of trying to rape a five-year-old girl. What did he receive for that conviction? Uh, Seven years in prison. He was convicted on multiple counts, including aggravated child molestation, cruelty to children, criminal attempt to commit rape, and simple battery. And again, in 2012, Brinkley was sentenced to just seven years behind bars. Eight more years of probation afterwards. Right? So if you violate your probation, oh, well, we can uh, put you back in custody. He was released on probation in November of last year. It's not known at this point whether or not Brinkley had violated his probation before he was arrested on these uh, charges of murder. But I don't know about you. I've got a bit of a problem with somebody being convicted of, of sexually assaulting a five-year-old girl and, and basically getting, in essence, a little more than one year behind bars for every year that she's been alive. That, that little girl is going to carry those scars with her for the rest of her life. Brinkley's already out. Could soon go back to prison, I suppose, if he's convicted on these current charges. But you got to ask, why on earth was such a light sentence given for such a heinous crime in the first place? Now, today's Armed Citizen story from San Antonio, Texas, where a, a burglar really picked the wrong house. I mean, I, frankly, if I had, uh, you know, any sort of criminal inclinations, I don't think I'd live in Texas anyway. I, I, I think that I would probably just find, I don't know, a little more um, gun control friendly state to abide in because, you know, you start trying to break into people's homes in Texas and uh, very quickly you're liable to run across a gun owner. And that's exactly what happened. It was early Monday during an attempted home invasion. Suspect tried to enter the home and the homeowner heard the disturbance, grabbed his gun to confront the suspect. The homeowner fired a shot, injuring the suspect in the hand. And then the homeowner's dog said, well, I want some of this too. And he ended up biting the uh, suspect in the leg. Suspect uh, treated by emergency crews at the scene before he was taken into custody. Uh, no word on what charges he'll be facing. I'm sure a burglar will be among them. Uh, but uh, the homeowner in question not facing any charges. Hopefully the dog got a nice treat. I would recommend uh, some steak for the pup. But a uh, good boy in the right place at the right time. We're unable to do the right thing. Which brings us to uh, today's good deed of the day. Also featuring somebody, a two-legged individual. Not a, a four-legged furry companion, but a, uh, an actual human being who is also in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to uh, help another's life. This was uh, a off-duty Indiana State uh, Patrol officer who uh, ran across a motorcycle accident. Matt Hatchett is a trooper with the uh, Indiana State Police. He says the timing was almost too perfect for everything to work out. It was a Saturday about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Hatchet's on his way home after training. And as he's driving down the road, a group of motorcyclists flag him down. He said, I pulled up. I noticed a female laying down next to a fence with multiple people around her. Uh, one of her legs severely injured. She was losing a lot of blood. She was in and out of consciousness. And uh, Matt Hatchet said, all right, I know what to do here. Grabbed his trauma kit from his patrol car. He said, we were able to get the tourniquet on quickly. It appeared to stop the bleeding. Woman uh, airlifted to a local hospital. A last report, she is expected to survive, which probably would not have been the case 
had uh, Trooper Matt Hatch had not been there, just driving down the road, uh, again, at that right time. He says, I know it's hard to stay calm in that situation, but that's what you got to do to get through it. And she did an excellent job. Said she's a fighter for sure. And you can tell. He also called it a group effort between civilians on scene, fire department, EMS, and other officers that arrived to help afterwards. He says, it wasn't just me there that made it all work out. Uh, Hatchett says he has not yet had a chance to talk to the woman, but uh, he does want her to know that uh, he's hoping that she stays positive through everything. He says, quote, I know it's going to be a long road, but she has friends, family, officers, firefighters, EMS that are all thinking about her and care about her and hope that she does okay. Well, again, she's been given a fighting chance because of the actions of Trooper Matt Hatchett, who was in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing. And uh, Trooper Hatchett, we thank you, sir, for your very, very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. In the meantime, don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day so you can get even more news about your right to keep your arms that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can also become a VIP subscriber to Bearing Arms. Just go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS. You can get 25% off of your VIP membership. Uh, in exchange, you're going to get exclusive commentary, analysis, news stories you won't be able to get anywhere else. We really do appreciate your support. Thanks for joining me today. Until we talk again, be well. Be safe and be free.